Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We are continuing a series called What Does the Bible Say About Blank? And I hope that you've been enjoying this series. We've been talking about incredible, incredible topics that, again, we all wonder about. And last week we talked about feminism, masculinity, and what does the Bible say about all that? And so if you've been missing out and you haven't joined us for this series, go on our YouTube channel, get caught up. A lot of, a lot of amazing things on what the Bible says about some pretty hot topics. And it's beautiful to learn and to be inspired by what the Word says. And I'm excited about today because, again, we are going to be breaking down what the Bible says about building your faith up, building your life up. And again, it seems like such a simple topic up front, but I think so many times we can get lost in life. And what I mean by this is, this is something that was, I was challenged when we got back from camp. And I love that we're going to get ready to get together again at youth. It's going to be amazing. But when we got back from camp, Again, there were so many questions, so many things on my mind of like why God allowed certain things to happen. And, you know, when we got back, there was time to think and there was time to just really get in God's word and hear from him. And I just felt that, again, this is my, I've been to nine camps as a student, as a leader, as a youth pastor. And camps are beautiful. It's a week where we get to be in God's presence. We play games. We have a, we have a, it's, it's almost like a utopia. It's incredible. Like we don't have our phones. We're not distracted. It's, it's an incredible environment to be in. But my, my worry is sometimes we can idolize camp. And when we get back from camp, we're on fire. We're passionate. But when life hits, what happens? We, we sometimes forget who we are even as Christians. We forget that we, we, we start to believe is that what happens at camp stays at camp and we have to wait for next camp to come around to be Holy Spirit filled to get excited about Jesus. And I just started thinking about that doesn't just happen on, at camp, it happens on Sundays as well. And sometimes we can get so comfortable on a Sunday and so comfortable with an experience, with an atmosphere, that once we leave this atmosphere, we wonder why we can't face the things that life throws at us with faith and confidence and production. That once we leave those doors, it's almost like we're waiting for next Sunday to be recharged and then next Sunday to be recharged. And that each Sunday gets me through my week. And something that challenged me was this question I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted in my life. And I wanted to ask you this question before we start our message is what do you do on Sundays that you can't do every day? What do you do on Sundays that you can't do every day? Right? We worship here. We're excited. we're, We're passionate. But, but why do we not do it every day and expect to get different results? And so if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, the title of my message is, What's the Difference? What's the Difference? And I want us to talk about that Sunday experience and then our weekly experience. And I believe that what Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 13, really can help us navigate living and building our lives with faith every single day, not just on a Sunday, a Friday, a camp experience, not just at an event, but every day building our lives on Jesus is love for us. So if you're watching online, we believe that the same Holy Spirit that's speaking to us here is speaking to wherever you're at. And we're so pumped that you're joining us here for church, your family, and we love you. So here's where we're going to be. We're going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 to 13. And it says this. It says, by the grace of God, by the grace God has given me, 
I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that's already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you're going to build your life, this has got to be the foundation. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and that fire will test the quality of each person's work. So we have to ask ourselves, what foundation are we building our lives that when the fires of life come, we can either be strengthened or weakened by that foundation? So we're going to pray. We're going to get in God's word and ask him to bless our time together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the church. We thank you for every single person that's here this morning. And we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us. That you would just, as we open your word, it would open itself up to to, to teach us, to correct us, to encourage us. And I pray that Paul's word, ultimately your words, would come to life in our hearts. Pray for anybody here for the first time that doesn't know you, Jesus. And maybe they're here by accident. Maybe they feel like they don't even know how they ended up here. I pray that they would realize that it's not an accident. It's not a random chance that you yourself brought them in this building for this time to hear about your love for them, Jesus. And I pray that we would see salvation happen today in this service. Pray for every single person here. They'd be encouraged. They'd be protected. And that we would learn how to live building our lives on you, Jesus. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in 1865, a slave named Henry Brown wanted to be free. And where he was in Richmond, Virginia, at that time was not free territory. So Henry Brown came up with this idea that he was going to find a small wooden crate, put himself in that crate, and then mail himself to Philadelphia to an abolitionist that lived there and where hopefully he could be a free man because Philadelphia in 1865 was free territory. So he gets the crate. He, he seals himself from the inside and he puts all of his hope, all of his dreams in the postal service. Everything. Like he's just like, I'm, I'm going to hope and I'm going to pray that I'm going to be sent to Philadelphia because if not, it's a wrap for my life. And so he was banking on the postal service to deliver him. He was in slavery. He wanted to be delivered. And finally, three weeks later, the abolitionist got the crate and it landed in Philadelphia. And the abolitionist opens the box and Henry Brown comes out and he says this. How do you do, sir? My name is Henry Brown and I was a slave. I heard about you being an abolitionist, so I'm entrusting my future to you. Talk about taking a risk. (laughs) Like, think about this. Three weeks in a box, not knowing where this is going to go, if you're going to survive, if you're going to get caught, if you're going to run out of oxygen to breathe, like, what are you going to eat? Where do you go to the bathroom? Like, this is a huge risk. But Henry Brown took it nonetheless. Because when he stood up in Philadelphia, he was a free man. So the risk was worth the reward. You see, church, living a Christian life involves taking a risk. It's a risk-filled life. I think sometimes we can forget that being a Christian isn't always easy and comfortable. It's having faith that no matter what happens in life, the ups and the downs and all the craziness that life can bring, we're going to have faith that God is going to see us through. That's risky. 
So the question I want us to ask and I want us to talk about is, what risks are we willing to take in order to stay close to Jesus? To stay close to him, not far, not off in the distance, not high and by, but stay close in the perfect will that Jesus has for our life. Would be, will we be willing to risk our reputations in order to stay close to Jesus? Will we continue to get off social media less in order to stay close to Jesus? Will we risk our popularity? Will we risk our, our, our peer pressure, get away from peer pressure in order to stay close to Jesus? Because here's my fear, and this is what I really want to talk about today. My fear is sometimes we can get so comfortable in church that it makes us less courageous as Christians. Right? Like we can get so comfortable. And hear me out. This is not an anti-church message. This is not a, hey, don't come to Calvary anymore. We don't need it. No, it's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is sometimes we can get so comfortable in church, in the safety bubble of church, that when we leave those doors, we don't know how to survive for ourselves. And we don't have the faith that the foundation that we need to have the same experience we have here everywhere else that we go. Because here's the deal. We leave those doors and what happens? It's back to reality. It's back to work, back to school. It's busy, busy, busy. I got I to gotta make sure my boss doesn't get mad at me. I got to make sure my kids go to school. I got to make sure they go to practice. I got to make sure I pay my bills. It's busy. It's not, it, we are back in the cycle of busyness of life. And for an hour and 30 minutes, we can worship. We could hear about everything that God's doing in the church. We can hear an incredible message. But after that time is done, we are back to the real world. Back to the real world where there's temptation, where there's distractions. There's no worship band. There's no preaching. There's no accountability from your team members. And we forget that every single day, we have to choose to risk something to stay close to Jesus. Because this is really the, the Christian life in a nutshell. It's here. It's Matthew 16, verses 24 to 26. It says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. Listen, being a follower of Jesus is taking up our cross every single day. And this is not what taking up your cross means. It's not your burdens. It's not your stress. It's not your struggles. No. Taking up your cross is making a decision every single day that I'm ready to die for the gospel. That I'm ready to, I, I believe in Jesus so much. I'm all in for Jesus so much that I'm going to take up my cross no matter what happens, no matter what risk may come, I'm all in. And that's uncomfortable sometimes. It's not easy sometimes. It's easier said than done if we could be honest, right? And my worry is that some of us have built our faith on a nice experience instead of a real encounter. And here's the thing. Hear me out. I'm I'm talking from a place that I've had to challenge myself to make sure. I've been to nine camps. I know I've had the best experience with the best of them. And I know what it's like to go to somewhere where you feel like God's speaking to you. You're crying. You're emotional. It's an incredible atmosphere. And then you come back to school. You go back to work or you go back to your life and you feel like life stinks. And you're like, what happened? Where, where did the Jesus that I was worshiping, where did he go? So that he didn't go anywhere. So that we didn't put our foundation on the real encounter that we had. We just had a nice experience and we let that be the fuel for our life. A nice experience is great. 
I love coming on a Sunday and I love, we need the church. Like we come here to sell the church's purpose is to celebrate and to give glory and give praise to God. Who's a good God. Who's done amazing things for us. He's protecting us. He's guiding us. He's our creator. Like Damaris said, like we have a reason to sing and to worship and we should together. Because it encourages one another. Your worship encourages me. My worship encourages you. Even though I can't really sing that well, you get the idea. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a spiritual thing. It's not the, you know, the voice. Well, we'll deal with that later. But we need the church. We need to open up the word of God and to learn how to think, do things practically for our lives. We need to be obedient and give money to the church and help make sure that we keep things active, helping our city. That's a part of, that's, that's what the church does and we need the church but if your foundation for your faith is the experience of church and that's what fuels the rest of your life then we're in trouble because here's what we need to do we need to build and make sure that we continue what God starts on a Sunday and not wait for next Sunday to get it going over and over and over and over again Because it can be so easy that you let the feelings of the worship and the music and the teaching, the inspiration of it, fire you up because it does. And that's amazing. But but that'll only get you so far. And I believe sometimes if we're not careful, we can fall in love more with a place than we do a man. Listen to me. This is just a building. We are the church. And we have to move. And we have to go. We have been sent out. So, so, so be careful falling in love with the building. Even though the nice painted walls, the lights, we love it. We're going to make sure we create a good experience because we want people to feel comfortable, safe. And again, we believe that when you're saved, you should have fun and smile and have a good time. So, so we're going to make sure that that happens. But, but hear me. A building and an experience and putting our faith and foundation that that's not sustainable the only thing that we should focus on as believers is making sure that i fall in love with jesus every single day and make sure that he's the one that i make sure that that's where my worship's going i make sure that jesus is the one that i talk to that i stand near to that i that he's close to me i don't need a building covid can take the church building today and i'm okay because i got jesus so you can have your building you can have the meetings but i'm good where i'm at because jesus saved me and i want to make sure i stay close to him like do you remember we were in the heat of it with covid like we didn't even know we were going to ever meet together in church and the question i would ask myself if we never met in a building again would i still be a christian would, would i be okay would i still be built would i be growing maturing would i still be holy spirit filled would i still believe in miracles would i still believe for breakthrough would i still believe for the things that i believe or would I, just, would I just wait for the building to come back? Because we are the church. It's not the building. This is where we gather. This is where we celebrate. This is where we encourage each other. We need the building. But listen to me. You've got to have the foundation on Jesus. And Jesus alone. Jesus is our foundation. An experience may always keep you excited, but Jesus always keeps you changed changed Jesus is the one that cha- Jesus is the one that changed your life not the worship song that you like the rhythm to it Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and us surrendering taking my life out of my own hands and putting it in his hands that's what saved me 
And maybe you're today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And you're saying, Phil, I've been through all walks of life and I feel like it's a dead end after dead end after dead end. I want something new. You came to the right place because Jesus loves you and he's ready to take your life, change it forever and give you a brand new beginning. If you don't believe me, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, you're a new person. Your old ways are gone. Your addictions are gone. You're no longer bound by your sin. You are now a child of God. You're a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. doesn't say that if you belong to a church, you get changed. If you belong to a building, no, if you belong to Christ and Jesus and Jesus alone, he's the one that changes you. And if you do that, your old ways will be gone. Your old life will be gone and you will have a new life. But not only that, you have a purpose for your life. All this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And now God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. So now we go out and we reconcile. We help people. We, we pray for people. We, we open up the salvation call for people if they want to know Jesus. That's our job. And we have to be careful because listen to me, if this building goes, this is still our job. Like this doesn't change on a Sunday or not. It just doesn't. We are still called to help our city know who Jesus is. And this is why I love this text. And I just felt like when I was reading it post camp, I was like, man, this is the Holy Spirit speaking. He, he's making sure that we don't put our foundations in the wrong things. Cause look what Paul's saying. Paul's literally saying this, that if we're going to build our life, if we're going to build our faith, which, by the way, real faith is this, baseball C.S. Lewis. He says, faith is the art of holding on to things in spite of your changing moods and circumstances. That's faith. That, that when I know I have faith that whenever my mind starts going crazy and things around me start going crazy, I stay planted because I know Jesus is with me. If we're going to build on that faith and not the experience, then we got to make sure we build the right way. Because look what Paul says in Corinthians. He's saying that living a committed Christian life is like constructing a building. It's what our life is like. So all of us as believers and those that you're saying, man, Phil, I want to accept Jesus. I want to be a believer today. Man, this is how you build your life. He says that the only foundation you need, you need Jesus. He says you got to build on Jesus and Jesus alone. But then he says it's not just a foundation, but you need to make sure you have the right materials to keep on going. It's not just the foundation. You need to have the walls. You need to have the roof. You got, you got to make sure that your life is being built the right way to withstand life. He's saying you can build with gold, silver, and costly stones, or you can choose to do hay, straw, and wood. You can imagine, I think you can guess which ones are the right materials. But here's what Paul said. You, you have a choice. You can choose to build with the straw, the hay, and the wood, or you could say, hey, I'm going to build with the stones, the gold, and the silver and make sure I'm set up that I won't be weak and I won't, I won't surrender to the enemy's attacks and I can keep forward in Jesus. Because here's the thing. Paul goes on to say that what you build with will get exposed. It's going to be revealed. So if we went to camp and our foundation was, was built on a nice experience, when the fire of life comes... It's going to go down. If you come on a Sunday, you have a nice good time. You have a nice good experience. You're fired up, you're ready to go. You're like, I can't wait till next Sunday. And you got to endure the week. When life tests you, you're going to crumble. 
But if I say my foundation is Jesus and I'm going to build with the right materials and that my Monday is more exciting than my Sundays and I can still feel the Holy Spirit speaking on my Tuesday in my living room and on Wednesday I can still worship with everything that I have and I don't need Pastor Alex, I don't need Pastor Phil to give me a message because I'm preaching to myself on a Thursday and then Friday comes and we got a couple more days but I'm still doing good. That's how you build. Because things, guys, we know it. We know it. I'm, I, we leave. Some of us, we, I remember being a youth and the moment I left the bus, I was tempted. <laughs> it's like, I love you, Jesus. What? Let me see that picture one more time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I get it. I, but we have to make sure that even though we fall, we mess up, the grace of God will pick us back up and we keep on building. And so what does it look like? How do we stay committed? How do we use the right materials? I feel like there's three things. And again, these are not like, you're not going to be awestruck when I say these things. They're not like crazy. But I, I just think that sometimes the easy things we need to do are the hardest to do, right? Like if we can do the easy things that the Bible tells us consistently, non-negotiably, like we just keep on going, then that's when we'll see fruit come out of our lives. So I don't, I don't, I'm thankful that the Bible keeps things simple because I, I can't imagine being a Christian with a bunch of hard tasks to do. And I think Jesus, he wants us to build knowing that it's simple. We just got to stick with it. Just got to stick with it and build consistency. So the first one is this. You want to build with these truths. The first truth is this. Build knowing that God did something in you. What does that mean? It means that what happens on Sunday doesn't stay on Sunday because you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. It's as simple as that. The experience you have on Sunday, the, the, the peace you have on a Sunday hearing a message or during worship, the, the calm, you can experience that wherever you go because the Holy Spirit, you're at home, the Holy Spirit's there. You're at work, the Holy Spirit's there. You're at school, the Holy Spirit's there. Now the question is, is it active? Because it's with you, but is it working? It's with you, but are you, are you using it? Are you, are you seeking? Are you using the helper that Jesus sent, sent us and left us, the advocate, the helper? Because I think a lot of times we can come in here and be Holy Spirit filled on a Sunday, and then we put the Holy Spirit on do not disturb the rest of the week and wait till next Sunday. And here's the thing. We cannot live being Christians, but not realizing that we, we are spiritual beings. And God gave us the Holy Spirit to live spiritually. And so every day I want to make sure that I'm activating the Holy Spirit, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through, like, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm in tune with what the Holy Spirit has for me. Because it's difficult doing things in your own strength, especially knowing that you're a Christian and you're like, I, I have Jesus in my life, but for some reason I feel like life is harder. And we just forget that it's like, you're still, you have Jesus, but you're still trying to do things your own way instead of just letting the Holy Spirit help you and take care of things that you're going through, give you wisdom, speak to you, answer your prayers, give you clarity when it comes to reading your Bible, gives you passion when you worship. Like, let the Holy Spirit replace the hype that you feel in the experience. Be Holy Spirit filled, not hype fueled. Because hype is easy to, you get confused of both. Because we think that hype, I mean, Holy Spirit, you get, like, you feel like being Holy Spirit filled, you have to feel something, right? But that's the thing, the Holy Spirit's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. Feelings come and go, experiences come and go. 
that stuff, that's, that's not like, like, I remember I would go to camps or I'd be on a Sunday and I see somebody worshiping and they're crying and I'm like, why am I not crying? Like, like am I the only one? Like, like, man, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like, you don't need to cry and feel emotional to have the Holy Spirit in you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we got to be freed from these misconstrued ideas of what we need to feel or not to feel. The Holy Spirit is with you and wants to help you. Look what it says in Romans 8, 26. It's in the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot even be expressed in words. Let the Holy Spirit help you. You don't know what to pray? Sometimes you just need to cry. Sometimes you just need to groan. The Holy Spirit knows what you're going through. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows the struggle you're having in your marriage. He knows that your kids are far off away. He knows you don't know. He knows you're struggling. He, he knows these things. Activated in your life. Let, 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 let's get the whole, let's be Holy Spirit filled and see supernatural things happen, not just on a Sunday or a Friday or at camp, but we can see supernatural miracles and breakthroughs in the, in the comforts of our living room because we are Holy Spirit filled people. Second thing is build with people in a community that will pray for you. I always, you know, I, I, told our, I told our students, I go, who are you hanging around with all of camp that makes you feel loved and encouraged? You're hanging around with your friends that believe the same things you do. Just like on a Sunday, who, who's here? It's majority of us believe in Jesus, believe in his word, worship God. We, we believe in baptism. We, we're all like-minded and there's nothing more beautiful than being around people that are like-minded. Yes, there may be disagreements here and there, but for the most part, we all believe the same thing. And because we believe the same thing, we can make sure all of us are going in the same direction. Because if not, then what's community all about? But community can't just happen here on a Sunday. It's got to happen in a home. It's got to happen at a Starbucks. It's got to happen in a classroom. It's got to happen wherever you go. Like it can't be held down. And there's a word that, that we don't say often, but it's a beautiful thing that we need to fight for, and that's fellowship. Fellowship is this. It's friendly association, especially with people who share one's interests. Listen, I'm not saying that you need to ignore any friends that you have that don't believe in Jesus, even though some of you, based on certain situations and struggles, you may have to. That's, that's going to take discernment from you and some leaders, but, but, but what I'm saying is, in your life, you need to be surrounded by the people that are going to push you to get closer to Jesus. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. A lot of us were like, well, Phil, I, I, you just said we got to go out. We got to reach people. Yes, we do. But a lot of us will try to pull our friends to church. And a lot of times they pull us out of church. It's harder to pull somebody out. than like, like, I'm telling you from experience. I'm telling you from just seeing so many youth disappear from the face of the earth. That I don't see them. I don't know where they're at anymore. They were on fire at a camp. Somebody here on a Sunday gets saved, gets baptized. I don't see them anymore. It's because they left through those doors and were pulled back by the wrong people. They, pulled, they, they were pulled away because they were surrounded by like-minded people. So do you need to ignore everybody that doesn't believe in Jesus? No. But make sure you are covered, you're surrounded, you're protected, and you're accountable with people around you that can keep you going, that know you have a calling over your life, that know that God has something special for you. 
They're going to push you towards that. Look what it says in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is coming soon. And I want to make sure that when he comes back, he finds me with other believers doing his business, doing his will. And so let's make sure we, we don't neglect meeting together. Let's, let's, man, bring some people to your home. Invite people to, like, let's go eat. Let's hang out. Let's, let's get in God's word together. Let's challenge each other. Let's push each other. You know, I was at a, I was at a camp this week and I was challenging the boys in my cabin. Like, like, I don't want you to have a high school. They're in high school. I don't want you to have a high school experience where it's just high and by like giggles and jokes. That's, that's your relationship with each other. It's like, man, I, I want you guys, I challenge you to go deeper and like, like, why don't you pray for one another this week? Why don't you, why don't you listen to your boy who's struggling with something? There, it was a boy's camera, obviously, but like, like, let's make sure that we don't just have a church where it's just surface level, high and by. How you doing? Great. Awesome. Great. How's your, how the kids? Everybody's awesome. Great. No, but it's like, hey, you want to grab some coffee and let's talk about life. Let's put our phones down and let's, let's get, let's, let's help each other. Surface level relationships only go so far but if we can go deeper and say hey I'm, I'm here for you and you can tell me your deepest darkest secret and it's safe with me and once you tell me you're going to know that I'm going to keep you accountable I'm going to reach out to you I'm going to make sure that you're okay that's fellowship that's what we need then last but not least and the band can come up we need to build on cutting off distractions and temptations it's the hardest one to do it's the most important one though because this is something we're going to have to do till the day we die. It's an active, active thing. Because why? Because everywhere we go, there's distractions and temptations. Everywhere we go, whether it's pornography, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, it's staying pure, whether it's, whether it's, it's just tempted, a temptation and distractions everywhere. And it's like on your phone, it's on the TV, it's on the newspaper, it's, it's everywhere we go, it's almost like we live in a temptation distracted world and how can I make money about getting your attention and once I have your attention now I have your money and now I have your focus and now I have your life and the beautiful thing is that when we're believers we can build up making sure that we cut off distractions and temptations because here's the thing when they come and they're gonna come Jesus gives us a way out we can overcome temptations and distractions we can overcome the things that hurt us and put us back in the prison cells that Jesus freed us from. But we have to make sure that our faith is in the right place and the foundation of our faith is in the right place in order to do this. Because look what it says in 1 Corinthians 10. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from another's experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. So everything that we are facing temptation-wise, we can handle it. That's, that gives me peace and joy. Like, hey, I'm, it's, it's hard. It's a struggle. But I can, I can, in the name of Jesus, I can beat this thing. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. There's a way out. Every temptation that we face, every there's a way out. But we have to remember whose we are and what our mission is that Jesus, he loves us. He's going to give us a way out. 
and because we have to avoid temptation because why because the calling over our lives the reaching of people serving people helping people blessing our families that calling is too important to trade it in for some cheap satisfaction so I'll finish with this there's a story about Yogi Berra not Yogi Bear <laughs> hey, boo -boo. and uh he was the famous catcher of the Yankees back in the day. And uh, again, if you don't know baseball, there's a pitcher, he throws a ball, and there's a catcher, he catches the ball. It's a great idea, super simple. Just, you know, if anybody didn't. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great sport. <laughs> and uh, catchers, their focus is to how can I get the batter out of his zone? So he can strike out, he can hit a foul ball, he's not, he's not totally in tune with, with trying to get a home run or trying to, trying to hurt my team. And so Yogi Berra was known to be one of the best trash talkers back in the days on the Yankees team. But one day they were playing a team with a man named Hank Aaron on it. And Hank Aaron is probably the greatest baseball player alive and Hank gets to bat. And Yogi starts trash talking, he starts getting obnoxious and he goes, all right, Hank is getting ready to bat, like he was an announcer. Hank wouldn't say anything, but Yogi continued. Hank, you got the writing on the bat in the wrong place. The word should be facing you, and Yogi wanted to get Hank to look at the bat, you know, to make sure it was right. Yogi kept going, you better check it. Hank, you, you're not going to be able to hit right. Hank didn't budge, didn't say a word. The next pitch, Hank hit home run <laughs> and started rounding the bases, hit home plate, and he starts walking towards the dugout. Before he sits down in that dugout, he turns to Yogi Berra and he says something that I think is so profound. He says this, I didn't come here to read. I didn't come here to read. Hey, you're trying to distract me, but I think that's not my mission. That's not my goal. And a lot of us have to remember that we have a mission and the distraction, the temptation of the world are going to try to get us off that mission. But if we can stay eyes on Jesus saying, no temptation, no distraction. I've done the sex. I've done the drugs. I've done the alcohol. But that's the old me. That's the old life. I'm on Jesus and Jesus alone. He's called me. He's picking my life up. And now I'm going forward for everything he has for me. No distractions or temptations. I'm building my life on Jesus. So what's the difference then? What's the difference between a Sunday experience and having experience in your household? It's what you choose to build your life off of. So Sunday's awesome. Fridays are awesome. Camp is awesome. But you know what's better? is knowing that that experience and that Holy Spirit presence of God moments can happen anywhere. So let's build our lives the right way. Come on, let's stand up to our feet as we wrap up service. You know, in a, in a room this size, I don't, I don't know what everybody's story is. I don't know what everybody's going through. But I want to give an opportunity for, for those of you who don't even know Jesus. And again, I know we were talking about church and I know we were talking about being, building our lives as believers. And maybe you're saying, well, I'm not even a believer. I don't even, why, what does this have to do with me? Like I mentioned earlier, when you give your life to Jesus, you have a brand new life. 
like all the all the sin, all the struggles, all the stuff that you're trying to beat, and you're looking at all the things of the world trying to trying to help you. Those are just dead ends, but you can have your life changed miraculously. You can be forgiven of your sins. You can have a you can have a brand new beginning. Your old life can be erased. God will take it away. And you can have a brand new beginning. You, you have a fresh start today. Isn't that sound? A fresh start. Something powerful. It's just, I got a, a redo on life. And Jesus is going to be with me every single day, even when I do mess up again. That's the beauty of it. How did that happen? It didn't happen in a vacuum. It didn't happen with random chance. No, Jesus, he had a mission. You see, here's the thing. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And sin separates us from a holy God. We, we can't be in the same room with God because God can't be in the room with sin. And so Jesus became the bridge that closes the gap between us and God. And now if we accept Jesus, we have access to an almighty God, the creator of the universe. And here's how Jesus did it. He was the son of God. So he was in heaven, came down to earth, was born as a little baby human, grew up to be a man, faced temptations, faced struggle, felt pain, felt joy, felt laughter, human emotion, but he was still the son of God still perfect he was still blameless but his mission was that he was gonna have to give up his life nobody took Jesus he had to give it up for you and for me because here's the thing the cross was meant for us the Bible says that the wages of sin are death that sin in our life not forgiven is gonna lead to death and so Jesus says, I'm gonna take your place and I'm gonna switch spots with you so I'm gonna take the cross I'm gonna do the work and he does it because he loves us it's not a guilt trip thing it's not like oh see what I did for you now you have to worship me no it's I love you and I would do this in a heartbeat every single time so Jesus goes on that cross dies is buried in a tomb but the Bible tells us on the third day he rose from the grave and we believe that he's alive today that he's active that he's moving because he gave he left us when the physical Jesus left he left the Holy Spirit to be with all of us at the same time omnipresent and you're saying, Phil, what do I have to do? Jesus did it all. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you'll be saved. That's it. All you do, what you do is you're giving the keys of your life to Jesus. Saying, I can't drive this thing anymore. You take it. It's all you're doing. And when that happens, you can now have the weight and the burden of trying to do life in your own strength lifted off of you because your sin is gone, the past is gone, and the only thing ahead of you is grace, fortune, and even in the bad times, Jesus will be with you. And so if you want to make a decision, with every eye closed, every head bowed, you want to give your life to Jesus today. You want to know that your sins will be forgiven. You want to know that your life can be changed. Because here's the thing, it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, it doesn't matter how much money you give to charity, the only way to heaven, the only way to God, the only way to forgiveness is through Jesus. So if that's you today, on the count of three, don't wait for next week, don't wait for next month. You make the decision. On the count of three, if that's you, you make the decision. One, two, three. You lift up your hand. If you want to accept Jesus, God bless you. 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 I see you, man. You can put your hands down. Amazing. Praise Jesus. Hey, really believe that you made the greatest decision. We're going to celebrate in a moment, but I want to lead you in this prayer. Because I talked about the confession and the believing part. This is that part right here. We are now, as we pray, it's going to be a repeat after me prayer, but that prayer is now you confessing and saying, God, take the keys of my life. God, I'm, I'm all in. 
I'm, I'm, done. I'm done with the old me and I'm giving my life to you. This is that prayer. This is you talking to Jesus. I'm just facilitating. I'm just making it easy for you. So Calvary, let's say this together as a family. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I open my heart. Invite you inside to be my friend, to be my savior, to be my God. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. Jesus, I love you and I thank you. And everybody said, come on, let's celebrate. Let's put our hands together for every hand. Thank you, Rich. That went up. Seriously, the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. I can give the mic to so many people that made that same decision and they would all agree, best decision. Jesus changed my life. Jesus saved my life. Jesus literally radically turned the events of my life for good and I, I guarantee he's going to do the same for you. I know there's a lot of questions. You're probably saying, okay, what the heck did I just do? What's next for me? That's okay. That's what the church is for. We're here for you. We're here to, we're here to help you in any capacity you need it. And one of the first things we want to do is get you a free gift, your very own Bible that's super easy to read. It's got little footnotes, like, and it's free. Like, we're not going to have somebody come up to your door and say, you owe us money. Like, no, it's like, take it. It's yours. It's, it's provided by every single person that's obedient with their tithes and their offerings that we are able to give out Bibles to every single person that raised their hand. And so it's yours. Take one. And so after service, I know we got snow cones and we got ice cream and super healthy things outside, but make sure, but make sure don't rush to your car, hang out, but get a Bible. And we have amazing dream team members. They're going to give you a hug. They're going to make sure that they, they pray for you if you need prayer, but they're going to get you a Bible in your hands. So make sure you get one. Amen. Amen. Hey, real quick, before we go back into song. I want to pray, as you know, it's back to school season, and uh, I'm sure the kids are jazzed about it, and, uh, but uh, it's awesome that we can get back to school and get back to a little bit of normalcy, huh? And so we're going to pray. We're going to pray for teachers. We're going to pray for parents. We're going to pray for students. Make sure that they're protected, and make sure that those that are going back into school remember who they are and who they serve and who they represent. And so we're going to hopefully see a... a, a a revival in this generation and it's going to be exciting so let's pray why don't you why don't you lift up your hands and maybe you're next to your son or your daughter why don't you lay hands on them come on let's pray for our kids let's pray for our families lord jesus i thank you for the church i thank you for this community i thank you god that we get to do this holy spirit we're just asking right now that you would help so many teachers and faculty and parents and students as they go back into school. God's school, it looks a little bit different nowadays and we still have this COVID uh, going around, but I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would protect every single person that works at a school. Protect them, that, that the blood of Jesus will cover them. That in the mighty name of Jesus, they would be protected from any infection, any, any, any sickness or illness that you protect our students and our teachers, that they continue shaping the young minds of this generation. I pray for the students going back into the schools and they're going back into hostile territory, but I pray that they would stand firm on their faith, that they would remember what you did for them at camp. You started for them at camp. Pray for them, pray for their protection, pray for their faith to be exposed, that they would share the gospel with their friends, that they would invite people on Friday nights, they would invite them on Sundays. They would honor you, Jesus, with how they act in the classroom. 
pray for every single parent that they would have wisdom to raise their children during this next season. Protect their household, cover their household. The Holy Spirit, you would dwell in their houses. And then no matter what comes their way this school year, they can stand firm and strong together because you love and care about families, Jesus. So protect us, guide us, cover us, and protect our steps. So Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, church, I hope that you were blessed today. I hope that you were encouraged. And uh, let's apply what we learned today, that we're literally about to do the very thing that sometimes scares us. We're about to leave these doors and go back to the real world. Remember, the Holy Spirit's with you. You're not the same as everybody else. You're anointed. You're called. You're changed. You have power. So go bless your families. Go bless your homes. Go bless people. Amen. So come on, let's sing this out one last time. God bless you, church.